It's that time, America. Your very own nationally award-winning family radio talk show. Let's Talk America with host Shayla Thornton is set to air now. We feature the trending news stories, the timely interviews you want to hear, and the hottest music in the industry. This show truly is news talk for everyone. Let others know right now that you're tuned in to quality news talk that matters. You're listening to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton. The broadcast begins now, now, now. Welcome to Let's Talk America Radio. Of course, here on the program, we highlight those trending issues that impact you. And what matters more than your health, that's right. It's so important. But right now, we're putting the spotlight on diabetes and pre-diabetes. Many individuals know someone that's diabetic, but what exactly does it mean to be told by your physician or medical provider that you are pre-diabetic? I'm no expert, but I'm so elated right now to have someone back on the program that is. It's someone known like Dr. Ken Redcross. And many of you know that health care reform is getting quite dicey, especially you, yeah. if you're one of those 30 million Americans who have type 2 diabetes. Wow, what a whopping number. Costing the nation around $245 billion dollars annually in direct medical costs and lost productivity. Well, Dr. Yeah. Ken Red Cross is right here to talk about all of that and more. Dr. Red Cross, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you, Shana. It's great to be back with you, and, and hello, everyone out there. Always glad to have you on. Let's get right to it. Now, we're talking about prediabetes and diabetes. Uh, what's the difference exactly? Because so many people have heard that they're prediabetic. Uh, what does it mean? So, Shana, you hit the nail on the head. So when we're talking about diabetes, everyone, we're talking about type 2. I'll explain the difference between type 1 and type 2. But when we're talking about type 2, that's already affecting 30 million Americans. Now, when you're thinking about those who are pre-diabetic, that affects up to 84 million Americans. And so when we say pre-diabetes, we mean that you are showing some signs of being close to a true diabetic diagnosis with a particular test that we use. We use a test called a hemoglobin A1C. That is a long word, Shana, that pretty much means that we are able to measure the amount of sugar on the red blood cell. And when that level gets a little bit closer to a diabetic level, which in most labs is maybe around 6.5, 7, then we start to get a little worried that maybe you're trending towards diabetes. And that's where we really try to stave it off from that point. Wow. I mean, so that, what a great explanation. When someone hears pre-diabetic or even diabetic, I mean, is, is that a life sentence? Oh, no, not at all. Look, I'll tell you this. So let, let me just tell everyone. So we know we have two types of diabetes. There's type 1 and type 2. We talk about type 2 so much, everyone, because it's the most common. Type 1 is due to autoantibodies, meaning that the body is actually affecting cells in the pancreas. And cells in the pancreas is where insulin is actually um, created. So that's a different sort of thing. You tend to find that out when you're a little bit younger, and that those people need insulin because they're not making it because their body is fighting those cells. Type 2. This is one that we can control because this is one that we can do some things in our diet and, and in our lifestyle to make a big difference. This one, we have more than enough insulin, Shana, but the problem is that our cells are insensitive to it. In other words, it doesn't know that the insulin is there to really wake up to shift that sugar out of our blood into the cells where we would rather have it. 
I'm sure someone listening to us right now, sir, is saying, well, what's the symptoms? How do I know? I know you said there's a hemoglobin A1C that the physician or medical provider um, would certainly give, but is there something that could perhaps let us know before we get to that doctor's appointment? No, oh, that's a great question, Shana. So, look, it, it's, it's what we call polydipsia, which means that you're very thirsty, polyuria, which means that you're urinating a lot at night. Some of the other signs is that just kind of a new blurred vision that you hadn't had in some time. But a lot of times some weight loss goes along with it also sometimes. So sometimes diabetes is a little bit challenging. So that's why when you have those symptoms, peeing a lot at night, very thirsty, uh, some weight loss that happened, changing your vision, then you want to give a call to your doctor to say, eh, you know, I'm a little concerned. And also if you have a family history, um, a mother, a father, a brother, sister, that sort of thing becomes important. I know you would agree, Dr. Red Cross, that individuals need to be going to those doctor's appointments, annual visits, right? Because I'm sure there are individuals who have been diagnosed with prediabetes or diabetes type 2 who necessarily didn't have symptoms. So we need to go to that annual checkup, right? Oh, absolutely, because that's typically when that, that, that marker that I mentioned before, that hemoglobin A1C, that's the marker that sometimes that a lot of us are just doing in our offices just to make sure that we don't have a patient that's pre-diabetic. And you're right, Shana, you only get that when you get to the doctor's office to allow us to do a, a blood panel and also being attuned to your body and symptoms as well. You, you mentioned one of the symptoms possibly for some individuals with type 2 diabetes would be weight loss. Now, explain this because many times when we talk about type 2 diabetes, we say, well, you know, it tends to come with the weight gain, the older we get and the family history. But you're saying sometimes a symptom could actually be dropping weight unexplainable? How come? Well, yeah, yeah, let me explain that because it's, a, it's, a, it's almost a little bit of a, a counterintuitive, right? Because let me point out that when you're thinking about those who have type 2 diabetes, diabetes, about 85% of those people are overweight. So when I'm talking about the weight loss, sometimes that happens because there's an interplay between the sugar and the urinating and other problems. But typically, you have patients who are diabetic that are usually obese. But those are some of the signs and symptoms that aren't as common, but you'll see, but needs to clue you in to say, you know, I haven't been eating because I haven't felt great because my sugar is elevated and I'm undiagnosed. Um, so when you're thinking about diabetes and being able to control it, the good thing, Shana, is to your point earlier, there are some things that we can do. It is by no means a death sentence, but unfortunately, diabetes is increasing in the population. And it seems to be so many individuals. Now, okay, we talked about those risk factors. I know the money question of the hour, someone's listening to us and saying, but okay, if I've been diagnosed with prediabetes, if I have type 2 diabetes, what can I do to perhaps reverse it or to maintain and just be as healthy as I can with that diagnosis? Yeah, you know, actually there's, there's three important things we should be doing, everyone. So the first one is I've already mentioned that 85% of diabetics are overweight. So number one, movement. We need to exercise. We have to get some of the weight off of us so that our body can, in a sense, wake up. What happens is that a lot of the fat cells that we get, or adipose cells as we call them in medicine, they're insensitive to insulin. That's back to that point to when I said when you're type 2 diabetic, lots of times you have more than enough insulin, but the fat cells don't really wake up to shift the sugar out of the blood. So 
you want to make sure you're exercising. The second thing I talk to patients about, you know, everyone's been learning so much more about vitamin D, Shana. Now, vitamin D, we all used to think growing up, it's, you know, it's, for, it's with milk and it keeps your bones, but vitamin D does so much more than bone health. It affects up to 32 organs in our bodies, but more importantly, we know that vitamin D may actually help with insulin resistance. So should you be pre-diabetic or even diabetic and, and you want to get something that's a little bit closer to the earth, vitamin D is something that we can get. Now, a lot of my patients will tell me, Shana, Doc, I'm so busy, I can't get into the office. And so I tell them about this group called the Organic and Natural Health Association, and I mention them because they have a website at nutrientpower.org where you can order an at-home test kit. So I tell my patients, no excuse. You can go to nutriopower.org, order the test kit, um, and it's a very small fee, if I recall, and it's important to get that because not only do you get your results quickly, but you also get kind of in a little bit of a database so they can help you track your vitamin D. So that's a way to kind of stay closer to the earth when you're figuring out what can you do to also help if you're insulin resistance. And last but not least, you have to stamp out the sugars, all the refined sugar, Shana. And they go by a lot of different names, you know, high fructose corn syrup, molasses, dextrose, a lot of these things. And you're like, oh, my gosh, that's sugar. Um, and sugar is a, is a big offender here in, in the United States. In fact, you know, they say that we're getting about 22 teaspoons a day and kids 32 teaspoons. But the American Heart Association, Shana, says that men are supposed to only be getting nine and women six. So you see a little, I know, so you see a little bit about what's going on. It, 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 there's a dire circumstances right now, but these are things that we can control. Wow. Uh, you are listening to Let's Talk America Radio. I'm on with the one and only Dr. Ken Redcross. He earned his medical degree from Columbia Presbyterian Medical Center in New York, and you've seen them all on the tube, the doctors, headline news, CNN, the insider, entertainment uh, tonight, and so, so much more entertainment television. Excuse me. You know, this is my question. We spoke with a dietitian a few months ago, Dr. Mm-hmm. Redcross, who yes. said uh, we have to be conscientious of the type of diet we are yeah. using in our day-to-day lives, and you said um, obesity and try to drop the pounds and be careful of sugar. Uh, for those who are pre-diabetic or already living with type 2 diabetes, I, you know there are a lot of trends right now, and, and one of them, there's so many out there, I'm not going to call them out, but some are just eat fruits and veggies. Is that yeah. necessarily smart for someone who uh, may have an insulin resistance issue to just say, <sighs> I'm going to focus on the fruits and veggies and not necessarily have that more typical traditional balanced diet? Yeah, no, it isn't. And you're right. Look, you you hit the nail on the head when you said balanced diet. So one of the things we know, everyone, whenever we look at all these all these new diets that come and they're they're like little fads that come back and forth. But I'll tell you, the thing that always wins out, no matter what, tends to be the Mediterranean diet. And that is a beautifully balanced diet, which has a little bit of red meat through the week, but more veggies, vegetables, I'm sorry, vegetables, fruits and fish that sort of thing, and also healthy fats such as avocado and and olive oils. So that's kind of the best way to do it. You want balance with all of this. And once again, we know that if you start to lose weight, anyone listening, and if you're you're type 2 diabetic and you lose weight or pre-diabetic, I feel very confident in saying that you can do really big things to even turn around your type 2 diabetes. I've had patients that have followed these diets, Shana. I hate to even really say diets. Let's say this healthy meal plan. Um, And they no longer need medications. And I love that because I hate writing prescriptions if I don't have to. And, And so this is something that, once again, they're doing on their own. And so it's always exciting when I can say, guys, yes, there's something we can do with all together as a team. 
That's important. Before you leave us, uh, we talked about prediabetes. We talked about diabetes. I don't want uh, any of us, especially and I, to assume everyone knows what exactly does that mean. Um, diabetes, it runs in so many American families, but there's a, another yeah. side to it, right? Are they more prone for uh, strokes and heart attacks, right? What does it equate to? Yeah, and this is the problem, everyone. So when we think about diabetes, what's the big deal, right? Well, the big deal are two things. If you go down one path, you have macrovascular disease. That means big vessels are involved. So you're right, Shana, that's the strokes. That's the heart attacks. But then you have microvascular disease. In other words, small blood vessels, those small blood vessels that, say, go to our eyes or go to our kidneys. So diabetes can affect the macro and the micro, meaning big blood vessels, little blood vessels, which also affects the extremities, um, the toes, the feet, those things when, you know, unfortunately, you hear about amputation and things of that nature. That's because diabetes has affected those vessels. So it's important that, that, we, that we kind of do everything that we can do in our power to get in there and get movement going, consider vitamin D, getting your test kit at NutrientPower.org or seeing your doctor, and then making sure that you're nixing out all that extra sugar. And before you leave, I have friends and family that have already been diagnosed with it. But because they're diagnosed with it, and even say their physician or medical providers put them on medicine, it doesn't mean that it's the end of all. They should have a poor attitude, right? Because you know as a physician, I think so many medical diagnoses, some people really get down and out about it. But I have met those individuals who've been truly compliant, and they're living their best life, if you will, even with type 2 diabetes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And to your point, I mean, obviously, I have family members who also deal with diabetes and, and once again, are managing normal lives. And it is nowhere near as that sense as everyone. These are some things that you can do that you can control and I promise will make a big difference in your life if you just commit to them. And just, once again, get a nice team around you with your physician and your family, those that can give you all the love you need. Wow. Commitment, discipline, consistency, especially when it comes to our health. Dr. Red Cross, as usual, we're going to have to have you back on. But tell our national listening audience where they can go uh, to follow you and find more information about all the great info you share. Oh, by, by all means. So my website is drkenredcross.com. All of my handles, such as Instagram, Facebook, are Dr. Ken Red Cross. And by all means, send me a message. Say hello. Ask questions. I love meeting new people. Awesome. Thanks for all that you do, and stay healthy, everyone. Thank you, Shana. Have a blessed day, everyone. Bye-bye.